Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask now that you would take any fear and anxiety away from me. Yeah. Lord, I'm, yeah. I'm here because of you. And Lord, even the enemy has tried me all day mm. to say my little words are unworthy, but mm. God, may it touch someone today, Lord Jesus, and may the words of our mouth mm. and the med meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. And may you get all the glory for everything we say tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all keep it, keep praying, okay? Pray in the spirit. Well, thank you, Danny. <laughs> okay. Thank y'all for all the encouraging words I've been getting throughout the day. It's it's really helped me come this far. <laughs> I was trying to get a cold the other night, but <laughs> okay. So when Pastor Herman first texted us to say he wanted us to share on prayer, I thought, surely he's got the wrong Hippolyte, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this is for Gary and not for me. And then I found out it was for both of us. But honestly, I just was relieved that I found out that it was us sharing together. Because y'all know I'm not the one who likes to get up here and talk or be in the spotlight. But with God's help, I have been trying to walk out the words that he's been speaking over me and that I've had spoken over me. So here it goes. <laughs> I'm totally going to just share my heart, um, be transparent, and just brag on what God has been doing lately. And I'm going by my notes, so <laughs> forgive me. But I am by far no expert on prayer. So when he asked me, I thought, God, you really got to do something here because I just believe I'm the silent prayer type. If you ask me to pray in public for a specific person or situation, I'll do it. But I don't consider myself a prayer warrior. I know we are all called to pray, but sometimes it just doesn't come easy for me. Do I believe in the power of prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. But I feel like my prayer life is not where it should be. However, I know it's not where it was. God has been moving in some mighty ways, and he's building up my faith and confidence the more I reach out and pray for others, as well as spending more time alone with him. For instance, like the house of prayer. When we first started it back um, on March 4th, first, I think it was, I signed up for one hour and I said, oh God, <laughs> I thought one hour was, this is going to be the longest hour ever. What will I pray for after my few minutes of regular prayer? I have never sat <laughs> and spent that long in prayer. I say little prayers throughout the day, but to sit still in prayer for an hour, I just thought, oh God, help me. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> the first Thursday, which for me was March 4th, the hour flew by. I actually went over. And the next week, the same thing. And I started looking forward to the time for Thursday at one o'clock. I just couldn't. <laughs> I moved things away, appointments, and I just made the time. You know, I just made sure nothing was going to be in that time from one to two. Recently, I've gone to two hours because I kept going over every week. I told Gary, just put me on for one to three because it just seems to go longer and longer. Who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. But So a couple of weeks ago, I just cried almost the whole two hours. It was just incredible. I just sat there in one place for two hours, letting him wash over me. I didn't say much. I just felt his presence and I just... I just lost it. <laughs> Furthermore, believe this or not, every Thursday since the very first week, that very first Thursday, God would send someone via text or however to send me worship music that I would use every week. I mean, I'm telling you, it's every week. Someone will send me a worship song and I'll just take that and start. And it just goes from there for two more hours. I just it just continues to play on. But every 
Thursday and they don't even realize it. One of my most famous scriptures, um, favorite, sorry, is Psalms 8, 4. And it says, who am I that you would be mindful of me? I wrote here, brings a tear to my eye every time. And as you can see, it's very, who am I? That this great God would prompt his people every week to send me a song that I could sing and pray back to him. Who am I? Just incredible. I just. So back for my birthday in January, my mom gave me a book on prayer entitled Draw the Circle. That's the 40 day prayer challenge. Shortly after, Pastor Herman asked us if we would share on prayer. Coincidence? I don't think so. Well, I'm really enjoying this book, and it's, I highly recommend it. I've been thinking about you, Sonia, every time I turn to the next page, but it is so good. It's so good. But um, he quotes in there, the author does, the primary purpose of prayer is not to change the circumstance. The primary purpose of prayer is to change us. And that has just been really settling in my spirit. Since praying more intentionally, God has been opening my eyes to even the smallest of answered prayer, some that I don't even ask him for. This is going to sound ridiculous, but, and that's not even in here, but for instance, over the winter, I needed a new coat, and I think I shared it with Miss Beverly. I don't even see her anymore. And I, I told her, I'm, I'm shopping, I'm looking, you know, I want a coat, but I have a coat. So I don't need a coat. I just wanted a newer coat. It's getting a little shabby. And so I never prayed it out loud. I didn't ask for a coat, but God knew my heart. And one day he, we got a big bag of clothes <laughs> and in there was a coat, a nice coat, very warm, very lightweight, the right size, the color, everything. And I said, everything I wanted. And I looked at it again, and first, you know, I'm ready to pass all these clothes out. And then it hit me, this coat is for me, Lord. You know, I just, <laughs> what a sweet kiss, really a sweet kiss. Um, a few other testimonies I wanted to brag on was um, back in March, my sister was rushed to the ER, and they told her she had appendicitis. And I got the message through my mom, and immediately in my spirit, I started to pray that God would heal her and that she would not need the surgery. And he did it. <laughs> she went home a couple of days later, no surgery, just with some antibiotics. And she's doing well. Um, my mom, bless her heart. <laughs> I'm sure you guys been on the prayer list, but she's had to go to the ER last few, few months. And, uh, but thank God it's nothing too serious. But each time we prayed, and she has had such a peace come over her. She's not worried that they're going to give her any bad news or negative. I mean, and me too. I'm sitting there like, what? we're joking, sending silly photos and, you know, but the peace of God that will come over her is just, and we've been able to minister and witness in little ways to the nurses and the doctors just by giving him God praise for the good reports that she was receiving. And it just, it just, just touches my heart as much as, you know, her and them. But anyway, now I got to brag on Miss Beverly. She told me on the way over, I better be the topic of tonight. I was like, you're in there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so as many of you know, I take Miss Beverly, AKA God's favorite to, mo to most or all of her doctor's appointments. And we've recently came up with the slogan, driving Miss Davis. <laughs> That's all I do. If I'm not driving mom, I'm driving Miss Davis. But what a blessing it is to take care of these two old ladies. And they don't want me to say old. But it's been amazing. I have prayed over her. I've prayed for her. I've seen God's hand move in so many ways to touch and strengthen her. This lady is incredible. And even in the moments, like the bad moments that she might have, God will allow me to speak words of encouragement over her. 
And let me tell you, it's such a blessing to be around this mighty woman of God. If you want more of Jesus and his presence, it helps to surround yourself with people like Miss Beverly, because she's the real deal. Um, one last one here. God recently opened a huge door for our son to attend a very prestigious Christian academy coming up this year. There is no way we could have even considered the school other than by God's grace. He just keeps blessing me, even when I don't even feel worthy. And it's all because of his great love and his mercy for us. I tell you, it's so encouraging to record these testimonies and to look back and see the goodness of God and where he's brought us from. So what works for me? <laughs> I have a prayer book. Um, I've shared it with a lot of people, but this is my little, my little prayer book. And I write down every prayer request that comes my way. I write them down because there are too many to be forgotten. And I pray over them regularly. And the best part, I love to go back and check on these requests from time to time and ask for updates and see how God has moved in each situation. And when looking back recently, lately, I've noticed there's more answered prayer than there's requests. And then my requests turn into praises of thanksgiving and it's all glory be to God. Anything I do, another thing, I'm sorry, another thing that I do is set alarms on my phone to remind me to stop and pray. Life gets busy. So I got my phone, we all do, 24 hours almost a day. But when it rings and says time for prayer, even if it's just short, I try to stop and uh, for an example, I've adopted this from a friend. I have set alarms for the time when each of my children were born, and I pray for them at that time. In most instances, it's always the perfect time to send up a prayer on their behalf. <laughs> I remember back in the day when we wore regular watches, we would put a little dot on the, on the 12, and so every time you looked at the time, you would see the little dot, and it would remind you to pray that now we're all into cell phones or that's long gone. But so we set our alarms on our phone. And to me, that that really works. There are still many prayers I'm believing God for, as I'm sure many of you are as well. Prayer isn't always easy, but I read I read somewhere, pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. We may have family or loved ones we struggle to pray for, but don't give up. Sometimes we want answers right now and we don't get them, but don't grow weary. And I'm talking to myself here too. Remember the old song, he may not come when you want him to, but he'll be there right on time. <laughs> we have to keep praying and trusting and believing. And in God's perfect time, we will see his hand move. There's a verse in a song that was also sent to me called Catch Me. And it says, sometimes I feel the valleys look too low. And the mountains look too high. There must be more than what I'm seeing. There are times when we must quit talking to God about the mountain in our life and start talking to the mountain about our God. God is sovereign and he sees the bigger picture. And one day, like Acts 10.3, one day, it's a promise of hope. One day could be today. Today he could answer the prayer, perform the miracle or keep the promise, so don't give up. Never underestimate the power of a simple prayer. I think we heard that from Priscilla Shire in our class. Prayer doesn't need to be wordy, loud, or lengthy. It can be as simple as, Lord, help me. God already knows our hearts and our needs and our desires. I love another quote from the, the book, Draw the Circle. He says, prayer has more to do with intensity than vocabulary. God listens more to our hearts than our words. The more we pray, the easier it will become and the more we will want to do it. And I'm talking to myself. <laughs> As we have all agreed over the past several weeks, there is no specific time or place to pray. 
We just need to do it. We can't make it without it. I have picked up a very good habit from this, AKA God's favorite, that when we're driving in the, on the highways and we see stranded cars or even abandoned cars on the side of the road, we pray. I pray for strangers holding signs or corners, even if I don't have money to give them. I pray for the drivers that are crazy sometimes. And I try to remember to bless them when they cut me off. <laughs> if we open our eyes of our hearts, God will show us things and people to pray for. We just finished a women's study here at the church on Elijah and his Mount Carmel experience. Priscilla Shire shared that prayer doesn't manipulate God. It just unlocks all the things he has for us anyway. I thought that was just right on. So why aren't we doing it? <laughs> she also quoted Elijah's prayer from 1 Kings 18, 36 to 37, which just really moved me. Um, it says, oh, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, today, let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. And I have done all these things in your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that these people may know you, Lord, that you are God and that you are turning their heart back again. She went on to teach us that prayer has three key elements. One, that it glorifies God. Two, that my relationship with him would be affirmed. And three, that the hearts of the people will be turned back to him. These three things should be our driving force for simple, powerful, and effective prayers. If it doesn't do those three things, then it's, it's selfish. It's just not. So I don't always pray the, with these in mind, but now I'm making a more conscious effort to do so. And finally, my prayer is that he would just take me to the next level. Mm. I want more of him and less of me. I had a song and Gary's like, oh, skip the song, but I just want I'm sure we've all heard this, this verse, but I wanted to share the, the, the chorus. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And all the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. So good, brother. Wow. I don't know if I can follow this. You know, this woman never stops surprising me. You know, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. And um, you did amazing. I am serious. I probably couldn't, I, I don't know if I can follow you. <laughs> yes. That is amazing. I mean, she, oh, praise, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. You know, she quoted Psalm 8, 4. She says, who am I, Lord, that you should be mindful of me? You know, back in uh, September, I came back from Kansas City, and I was, I really felt like that I needed to go to Kansas City to meet with Mike Beko. Um, I needed to meet with him. Actually, when I got up there, I find out that I really didn't need to meet with my Beko, even though I did. I met him, but I needed to connect with some other leaders there. But um, I was very excited about the whole thing. And um, so when I got back home um, that day, I landed uh, sometime around 10-ish, and I drove home, and it was right around noon i went to my uh started my prayer time with the lord and the lord met me and he gave me a blueprint for um this amazing movement that he's going to do in haiti uh, with children and psalm 8 2 was the psalm that he gave me and it's it's interesting that linda quoted psalm 8 4 who am I, Lord, that you should be mindful of me? Psalm 8, 2, uh, read, out of the mouth of babe and suckling infants, 
he, the Lord, has ordained praise. So, you know, prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is really praise to God, really. That's what it is. Um, there are so many different definitions of prayer. But, you know, think about it, the God of the universe who is able all by himself to accomplish all things, and he has, and the evidence is all around us, but yet he invited all of us to be partner with him in the place of prayer. Um, to me, this is, that, this is that passage right there. Who am I, Lord? Who am I, Lord? that you would want me to pray so you can change things. Remember that the topic of this uh, talk is um, transforming your culture, you know, for Jesus in the place of prayer or through prayer. Um, so often when I talk to people, they, you know, they automatically label me as some prayer guru. Oh, but I'm really not. I'm really not, you know, and what's, what's so amazing about this is the fact that I, I'm, I'm, I get excited about watching a little child pray. Often I pray, I say, God, I want to pray like this little child. I want to learn how to pray. I mean, I'm going to tell you, standing there, listening to Linda talk, it was amazing. It was really amazing, and it was just like, God, speaking to me it was speaking to us and you know i was having a conversation um yesterday um with someone and we were talking about um the sovereignty of god you know we were talking about god and in his glory um you know what belongs to god and, 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 you know, immediately I, I was thinking about the story of Job. You know, how Job, the righteous man, who basically, he was righteous in his generation. There was none like Job. That's what the Lord says. And all of a sudden, you know, Satan showed up one day and God saw him and, and, and God says, Job, I mean, Satan. I mean, where have you come from? He says, I, I'm, you know, I was just going around the earth. And he says, oh, really? And what have you seen? Um, I've seen a lot of stuff. He says, well, have you seen my servant Job down there? There's none like him. And basically, God began to brag on his servant Job to the point that God put basically put Job, you know, in the, in, the, in the middle of the storm, you know. But why? Because he's God. He can do that. We, he, you know, we belong to him. Everything belongs to him. So to know that he invited us to be, to partner with him, that way, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, when we're talking about prayer, changing the culture with prayer. I remember basically, and some of you probably heard us talked about how testimony, how the Lord basically called us into a, you know, in, in, in this journey to establish a house of prayer in Haiti, which I really didn't know what, the, what it was all about. Um, other than knowing that we were going to start praying and, and praying with people and praying for the community and so forth and so on. But to our obedience, um, I'm not going to go to the whole testimony, what we did to get there. But the bottom line is, because we said yes, we had a yes in our heart, the Lord transformed a whole community. It transformed a whole community, you know, transformed from a voodoo culture to Christianity. I mean, um, I believe that's transforming our culture for Jesus. Would you believe that? 
you know? And then so, you know, you got children that was growing up in a culture, they did not know anything else, but, you know, what their parents was worshiping. And all of a sudden, they've been introduced to Jesus because God says, look, go and start a house of prayer there. Obviously, the house of prayer is not only the vehicle that, you know, how this all happened, but it started with the house of prayer. You see, so prayer should never be our last choice, but it's supposed to be our first choice. It cannot be our last chance, but our first choice, I should say. And um, prayer is so important to God. You know, even Jesus, when Jesus was coming to the earth, you know, God drafted, let me say the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity drafted two individuals and set them up and assigned them as intercessors who would intercede for the coming of the Messiah. The story is in Luke chapter two. And I'm sure you guys heard of, you know, of a guy by the name of Simeon. And you also heard of a woman by the name of Anna. And Simeon, the Holy Spirit has visited Simeon and says, look, I want you to pray for the consolation of Israel. I want you to pray for the Messiah, the one who's going to deliver Israel. Through your prayer, the culture of Israel is going to be changed. And Simeon began to pray, and the Holy Spirit made a promise to Simeon and says, listen, you go ahead and pray. I promise you that you will not die until, he says, until you see the Messiah. Your eyes will see the Messiah. And so Simeon, Simeon began to pray, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he never stopped praying until the Messiah, until his eye behold the Messiah. And, then, and, and also at the same time, there was a woman by the name of Anna. Anna, um, look, uh, de uh, describe her as a prophetess. She was a young woman, really, in, in Israel. She, she I, I imagine she probably got married around 17. Maybe she was 17 years old when she got married. Maybe 16. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But the Bible did say that she got married and, and was married with her husband. And the husband died after they were married for, in, for seven years. So she, after her husband died, Anna never got remarried. She stayed a widow until she was at the age of 84. In other words, Anna was at the temple day and night praying and fasting for 60 years. 60 years before she could see the Messiah. And guess what? One day while she was you know, she was just really doing her regular prayer. And the Lord says, look, I want you to go to the temple. Because the promise is at the temple. The Messiah, the consolation of Israel is there. And both of them were able to behold the Messiah. You may not know what your prayer is changing. You may not know what God is doing through your prayer. But let me say this to you. Don't never stop praying. Don't ever stop praying because let me tell you, God, the God of the universe, he does nothing outside of prayer. That is the honest of truth. He does absolutely nothing outside of prayer. Well, people say, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm in this situation. You know, perhaps God is going to deliver me. Perhaps he will if you pray. You see, it is when we pray, when we pray, he didn't say if we pray, but he says when you pray, this is the way you ought to pray. He declared, you know, Jesus says that in Luke 18 chapter, uh, Luke 18 verse one, he says, you know, he says that you ought to always pray and never lose heart. And then he says, he's, you know, in uh, Matthew uh, six, nine, it says, when you pray, this is the way 
you are to pray. So prayer is not a suggestion. It is a command. Now we gotta we we gotta remember that. Um, but you know there are something special about these two individuals that you know Anna and Simeon that we 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 need I need to to uh, point out. You notice that they were patient, particularly Simeon. I mean, and Anna they were very patient. They were very patient. They continue to wait, to wait. You know how many people you know that give up just because the things didn't happen, you know, at the time when they think that it was going to happen. They just give up. They look for other, you know, another alternative. But these people, they did not waver. The second thing about them is that they trusted God. They trusted God. You know, we got to trust God. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need to trust God. When God tells us something is going to happen, if God tells you, let's go fishing, you might as well bring your tartar sauce. You know, you're going to have a dinner. And that's for sure. You know? So, you know, our, our problem is this, okay? We, we've been taught about prayer you know we, we 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 talk about it we've been taught about prayer we you know we but i'm not sure if we really really believe that prayer does work but it 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 does it does it really work and i believe now is the time to pray more than ever before you know, and the reason why I'm saying that, if you look at the sign, you know Jesus is at the door. I have a T-shirt that I'm going to print in the sale. I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm going to put on it because I don't want you guys to steal my idea. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, man, I almost said it. And um, it, it's. I really believe we need to pray because Jesus is returning for real. It's he's returning. And I want you guys to think about this little acronym, PUSH. You know, he says, how long should I pray? How much should I pray? Pray until something happens. Pray until something, I don't know. When is that going to happen? But I'm going to pray. I want to tell you a, uh, a testimony. You know, there's about 7.9 billion people on the planet as of April 20, uh, as of April 2021. I don't know how they figured that out because I know that there are places around the world where nobody can reach. How did they know a baby was born there? For them to say 7.9 billion, I just, I, I'm not sure if I believe that. But in any way, since it is part of the statistic, I'm quoting it. But here's the thing. Linda and I, we were pregnant with our son, Gabriel. We were pregnant and um, we did not even know that we were going to, to be pregnant, you know, because we weren't even planning or anything like that. And um, and then so I, I started praying. I mean, I was first of all, I was shocked. I'm like, oh my lord! I said, I said, how did that happen? <laughs> and um. So I started praying, I started praying for the baby's name because I read somewhere in the Bible that God named children. You know, Samson, Jesus, John. These are regular people that God gives them name. So I had the audacity to begin to pray and asking God to give me a name for my son. 
But here's the thing. I prayed. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, nothing. We used to have a pastor that used to be in this church called Pastor Joshua. He used to say, God is gloriously silent. And that's, that was the case. I prayed for eight months. Nothing. I hear nothing. So at that point, um, no Chloe had uh, Chloe and the Bennett. I think who else was pregnant at that time? I don't remember. Anyway, there was books floating around, baby name, you know, so you could look in the books and stuff like that and see if you could find a baby name. So when I didn't hear nothing from the Lord, so I began to look in the book to see if I can, you know, come up with a name. And I really didn't find anything in the, in the book that I really, really liked. Um, but there was a name that I really, really liked, but I didn't find it in the book. I like Daniel. I really like Daniel. And, um, but I had already settled for the middle name, which is Alexander. That's from my dad. My dad's name is Alex. So I said, well, you know, I'm not hearing anything from God. So I like Daniel anyway. And because I've always joked around, I told people, listen, when I go to heaven, I'm going to Daniel's house. I love this man. I mean, this is just one of my heroes, you know, one of my favorite heroes. Anyway, so I was praying, um, just didn't hear anything. So I said, well, I haven't heard anything. And I'm, I said, okay, maybe Daniel Alexander sounds really good and all that. So, but one night, we were eight and a half months now. Eight and a half months. We, we have a date when the baby might come. And one night, I woke up in the middle of the night, around 2.30 in the, in the night, you know, in the morning. I just couldn't, I couldn't sleep. So I just woke up. What I usually do whenever I'm up, I just pray. So I started praying, walking on the, around the house, praying, interceding. I mean, just praying. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed until 5.30 in the morning. I was praying. My throat was dry. And, and I went to the kitchen, getting something to drink. I had the cup in my hand, getting ready to pour some drink in my cup. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me that all the prayers that I've been praying that morning, you know, that morning, I never even remember to ask the Lord about the baby. And I said, God, I'm standing there. I'm already saying, man, you know, I'm just standing just to show you that prayer is a conversation with God. I'm standing and the refrigerator doors open. I have my cup and I'm getting ready to pour it. And then I said, God, would you believe that I have forgotten to tell you, to ask you about this, the baby's name? And besides, you haven't told me anything. Does that mean I can name him whatever? Just like that. I said it. Beloved, I'm telling you, I heard a voice audibly, like I'm talking with you. It says, name him Gabriel. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I was so scared. I mean, look, I am a man of faith. I'm praying for God to give me answer. And then all, I heard the voice of God and I'm like, beloved, this is a very rare thing. Hearing the audible voice of God. And I heard it. Um, I, like I said, um, I started to tell you there was 7.9 billion people on the planet. I'm not sure if you're going to find a million that's going to tell you that God named their children. Anyway, let me continue. When, I, when fear comes upon me, immediately I remember the scripture. It says that my sheep knows my voice. Another one, another, they will not follow. And I said, God, I just heard your voice. But you know, I never questioned you. But today, Lord, according to your word, you says your sheep knows your voice. Another, they will not follow. 
Lord, if it is you I hurt, please confirm it. Okay? So, Linda was sleeping. Elijah was six years old. He's in his womb. Linda's in her womb. And I'm the only one there. So I went to the bedroom and I said to Linda, you know, I, I, you know, I, don't, I just kind of shake her a little bit. I said, honey, I got the baby's name. I just want to share it with you. But please don't tell no one because God is going to reveal it. Reason why I'm telling it to you, I'm telling you, is because when he, when he confirm it, so you will know that I'm telling you the truth. Anyway, so Kim McMahon, um, you know, because her her brother had this um, movie studio, and they sometime invite us to go as an ex ex. Extra, extra, yeah. So basically, um, I had a gig up in um, Covington, so I went up there to go. I think they were filming um, 316, something like that. They were doing something like that up there. And so I went up and finished doing it, went back home. At that moment, Elijah was going to school at Pitt's Creek. And now it's about 2.45, you know, Elijah's coming home, the bus, just drop him in front of, in our cul-de-sac. You know, I mean, he is like, really, I mean, he was one of the most beautiful child I've ever seen. I mean, he's jet black hair, beautiful, just really. And he just walked, he went in the house, Drop his bag in the, in the living room and went in the kitchen and he stood where I was that morning talking to God. He's doing exactly, he's like making fun of me, mimicking me or something. Because he's, he's got a cup in his hand. He's open, you know, the refrigerator doors open. He's standing exactly where I was. He says, daddy, 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 I know the baby's name. I said, you know the baby's name? He said, yeah, I know the baby's name. I said, then what is the baby's name? He says, you name him Gabriel. And, and he says, don't call him Gabriel like the French. You know, he says, you name him Gabriel. And, um, and um, so <laughs> never, you know, of course. I'm never going to ask, how did you, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I believe God. I asked for confirmation. God, give me a confirmation. And Linda was doing um, volunteer at NCC uh, because Brianna was uh, at NCC, going to school at NCC. And uh, so she went to go to work there. And then she called me. She says, honey, you won't believe what happened. So that was the next day. The next day, she says, honey, you won't believe what happened. I am, you know, I'm doing my work. I'm doing the filing. The very first file I pulled up, guess what? It's Gabriel. So I'm telling you, beloved, our prayer can change the culture. It can change the environment. Our prayer have the power to change the course of history. Because the Lord is not here right now. But he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit has given us the power and the initiative is in us. And he says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He says, God says, I will heal them from heaven. He will heal them from heaven. So basically, I um I just wanna I just wanna share three practical steps with you to transform, to help us transform our culture for Jesus to prayer. Three practical steps. The very first one. We need to pray differently. 
pray differently. So what do I mean by that? We need to pray God's word right back to God. Do you, do you understand what I just said? You need to pray God's word right back to God. We need to tell God what God tells us to tell him. Um, Jesus, in Matthew 9, 37, 38, he said to the disciple, he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers in the field. So this is his word. This is his promise. This is his will. You know, we, 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 we must understand something. That God's word cannot return to him void. Isaiah 55, 11, he says, So is my word that goes forth, that goes out of my mouth, will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. Luke 1, 37. It says, For no words... No word from God will ever fail. God's word cannot fail. Jeremiah 1.12, then the Lord says to me, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. That was the first one. We pray differently. The second the second practical, practical step to transform our culture for Jesus through prayer is to pray confidently. Pray confidently. You, but you might ask, why? Why do I need to pray that way? Because the way we pray, because our prayer affects the way God acts in the world. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 7 to 14, then the Lord says to Moses, go down because your people whom you have brought, out of, brought up out of Egypt have been corrupt. They have become quick to turn away from what I command them and have made themselves an idol cast in the, uh, in the shape of a cow. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your God, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord says to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that, I might, that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you, make into you a great nation. Verse 11, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. He says, Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a, might, and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptian say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountain and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servant Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendant as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give them, give your descendant all this land I promised them, and I will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Beloved, we have got to believe. God for who he is. When we believe God for who he is, then that prompted us to pray confidently. And we won't, we won't be, we won't be um, distracted because of um, delay. The third way, the third steps, I should say, practical steps, is to pray continuously. Pray continually, continually. First Samuel 12, 23. 
He says, as for me, far be it. He says, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Beloved, do you know when prayerlessness is a sin? Prayerlessness. You know, the fail, you know, the failure to pray. Like you say, well, I don't want to pray because I don't know how to pray. I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to pray. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to pray. And well, let, let me say this to you. All of us, we got plenty of time. Plenty of time. And the reason why we think that we don't have time, it's because we don't realize how, the importance of prayer. We don't realize how important, how important prayer is. One of the greatest lies of Satan is that, we, um, is that we just don't have enough time to pray. However, all of us have enough time to sleep, to eat, to breathe. As soon as we realize that prayer is as important as sleeping, eating, breathing, we will be amazed how much more time will, will be available for us to pray. In the next scripture that I wanted to share with you to finish, um, to close, is 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You all know what it says. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So I just, I just want to thank God for the opportunity to be able to, to, to be one who, whom he said, come. Come and partner with me. Every one of us here have been called, have been summoned by God to partner with Jesus in the place of prayer. More than anything, Jesus is returning. And right now, instead of us standing and fighting against each other, we need to be praying for our community. We need to be praying, you know, for our families. We need to be praying for our, our leadership. We need to be praying for our nation because this is the only way God is going to change things because the problem that we are facing in this country, it's, they are not political. They are not economical. They are spiritual. I used to say that for Haiti, but I guess I'm going to start saying that for here in America as well. Because it is the truth. You know, we can't take chances and say, well, you know what? Let me try to resolve it this way or that way. Let me, the only way we're going to resolve it is to take it to the Lord. Because only he has the answer. Well, God bless you guys. <laughs>